Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. My mom has an Alexa device that has the video included in it. It's an echo. Um, and so each Sunday morning I call her on the echo and she can't see the slides and everything, but she listens in on the online, on the online service. And I was teasing her and my, my cousin that lives with my aunt, uh, she, my cousin just turned 85. And so I was teasing them cause I knew that they were listening, listening in that Marlene little did people know she was David's Sunday school teacher and haha, they got a big kick out of that. But in reality, as I was thinking about their lives, the changes that they have seen in their lives are just, you know, just unbelievable. My mom born during the Depression and, and uh, World War II and all the wars, you know, since then and technology and, and everything that's changed. Well, we've experienced a lot of change in these past four months, haven't we? I mean, just unbelievable things we never could have imagined. And I just broke some of the main structures of our life that have been changed. And within each of these main things I mentioned, there's a myriad of changes. Well, for instance, you know, work has changed. Some people have been laid off and have lost their jobs. Some were furloughed, waiting to come back. Some are working from home. Uh, some won't ever go back to an office building because they found out that they can work at, at home. My nephew works in Manhattan, and he's been working at home. They don't have to go into the city. Just whole structures of things are, are changing. There's vacancies in Manhattan like they've never had before. Corporations are moving out because they recognize so much can be done at home uh, and online. Anyway, just structures just, just changing. Schools. I mean, look at the schools. One day they were in school. The next day they haven't been in school in six months. I mean, just everything changing, online teaching become a, becoming a part of that. Pray for our schools, our teachers, our administrators. We have a lot of people in our church that are involved in the school systems, and it's a whole bunch of, we don't know, we're going to try this, we'll see how it works. You know, I pray for the administrators that have to make these decisions. It's difficult. I know they want to do what's, what's best. Uh, look how church has changed. I don't know that in the 100-year history of our church that it's ever, the building's ever been closed for four months, not that I'm aware of. Uh, who would have thought one week we met and then we hadn't met in four months? And I thank God for the online. We've always wanted to have an online presence. It just propelled us forward in that. But think of all the changes in church that, that have happened. Think of uh, changes in having to see a doctor. First of all, you can't. Uh, second of all, you're very cautious if you can. I met with my doctor on video, which was awesome. It was just for prescription renewal, not a big deal, but I kind of enjoyed it. Why did I enjoy the doctor online? What's the number one reason? You didn't have to sit and wait. It was perfect. They called me when they were ready. We set up a video call. Boom, there it was, done. Uh, it was funny. When I met with my doctor, she, she goes, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm great. Really? Are you really doing? Like, like I'm hiding. No, no, no. I'm actually doing really well. Well rested. I feel good. I haven't had any stomach issues. Uh, this pandemic's been the best thing that's happened to my health in a long time. <laughs> Seeing the doctor shopping. 
Shopping's changed, hasn't it? Uh, social distancing, masks, uh, people wearing their masks. Okay. People wearing their masks. Sorry about the microphone. People wearing their masks. Are you catching what I'm saying? I don't know if they've done this yet or not, if you've seen any of these, but I'm sure that's out there. Uh, that's one of the jokes about when school comes back, Johnny goes to school with a Batman mask and comes home with a Spider-Man mask. You know, they trade uh, during, during lunch, but shopping has changed. Restaurants, I, I pray for the restaurants, not just because I like to eat at them, which is definitely true, but the reality of their business and how difficult it has been on everyone, the owners, the servers, everything. Support your local businesses. Uh, they desperately need it during these times. Uh, trying to keep in touch with people without contact. Face masks, as I mentioned, hand washing. The word quarantine has become a part of our everyday uh, vocabulary. Travel, travel, how difficult it is. Uh, Travel agents that are involved in that business, how difficult it is. We're praying for a boom at the end of this so people will start traveling again. And as I mentioned before, under each of these main headings, there's a myriad of changes that have happened. Here's why I say all of this. With all of the changes that are going on around us in this short period of time and all of the stresses that it brings upon us, we need a constant that never changes. And I've got good news for you. We know who that is. And his name is Jesus. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't wonder or worry during the pandemic or during whatever you're facing. God is the same. And the Old Testament, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. He cannot change because he is God. Change means that there's something deficient. God is not deficient in any area. He is completely God, constantly and always. That's why he's the constant in our life. That's why, as David said, he's the rock that we can run to. He's the fortress that protects us when everything else is going wrong. The first verse in chapter 18 says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Now, David had been through many different things in his life by the time he wrote this. He uh, started as a, uh, an unknown shepherd boy. The reason he was the shepherd is because he was the youngest of the group and no one else wanted to do it because it was such a miserable job. When Samuel came to anoint one of the sons, they didn't even think that David would have any potential. But then he was anointed as king. And he went from being anointed as king as a young man to overcoming family jealousy because of that. He showed up at the camp where Goliath was threatening the nation, and he stood up to Goliath. Then he went from after killing Goliath that they wrote a song about him. Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Be careful when they write a song about you because Saul got jealous and then began to pursue him literally to kill him. You talk about the government being against you. Saul was the king. He was the leader of the Israelite army. And all of the power and influence that he had was geared towards killing David. One guy against an army and against, a, I just have to say, crazy king. You know, an insane king. 
He was running for his life. And then after all that was settled and he defeated all the enemies that God had uh, wanted him to defeat, his own son turned on him. It's after all of that that he writes, I love you, O Lord, my strength, my rock, my stronghold. Because through all of the challenges and all of the changes, he found God to be the constant in his life. He found that God was the only one that stayed the same. Now, I want to break down these uh, names. I'm not going to give uh, a lot of them overlap, so I'm not going to give a definition for each of them. But here's what I want you to see. Do I have a slide for this, Kelly, with the seven names? I don't remember what I have. Yeah. Nope. I don't. Okay, so watch this. Count with me. Uh, he's my strength. He's my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my shield. That's five. My horn of salvation and my stronghold. How many is that? Seven. Good, good. I'm hoping that the kids that are in school with all this pandemic, they will also know in years to come that this adds up to seven. Uh, we'll see how that, how that works out. Anyway, Seven, what's seven in the Bible? Perfection. What is David saying? God is the perfect protector. God is the perfect protector. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what difficulties, God is the perfect one. People look to other things to help them survive the stresses of life. Some turn to the bottle, some turn to drugs, some turn to immorality, some turn to material things, thinking if they purchase something, that will help them in all of that. None of these are the answer, and whatever other answer there might be, the government is not the answer. The government will never be the answer. God is the only answer. God is the answer to our greatest need. And our greatest need is not surviving the pandemic. Our greatest need is that spiritual need that we have that helps us overcome everything else because our lives flow not from the outside in any longer. See, that's people outside of the faith. They think they need these outside things to meet their need. Jesus comes into our lives and then works outward. You see the difference there? Let's just use, you know, alcohol as an example. The bottle is the outside in, thinking it's going to meet all of our needs. How many know that never works well? That never works well. Drugs and uh, all other illicit things. It all leads in the same direction, which is, if not physical death, then certainly spiritual death. Okay? But God works from the inside out, changing us, transforming us. We need a place we need someone to run to in the midst of all of the changes, in the trials, troubles, and tears that we face on this side of things. We need a constant. His name is Jesus. And he's the same as we said, what, yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. David wrote this in Psalm 71. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. That beginning part of the verse, be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, whatever time period in it we're in, whatever season of life we're in, we can always, always go to God because he never changes. He will guard me. He will protect me. Now watch this. This is important. Let me share this with you. When this talks about guarding us and protecting us, it doesn't always mean physically, does it? 
Because even though God is our rock and we run to him, sometimes we face physical difficulties. We still face trials, troubles, and tears. What it is is our lives we place in him. And that no matter what happens in this world, we're safe and secure in his arms. And spiritually, spiritually, we're alive and we will not die. He'll guard our hearts, which is the most important thing, right? Above all else, Proverbs says, above all else, guard your hearts. For it is the wellspring of life. God will protect us from the attacks of the enemy. The attacks come in our mind. It starts there. It comes in our mind. The enemy attacks us with, with lies. But God is our rock and God is our fortress. So the question then becomes, how do we run to him? We have a lot of phrases in Christianity, and they're used, and they're all true. But my mind was always like, because I'm kind of practical in these things, how do I do that? How do I lay my needs at the foot of the cross? I do believe in that, but how do I do that? What does that mean? How do I, uh, uh, well, I'll just use what we're talking about today. How, how, how do I run to God and have him become my rock and my salvation, my fortress, so on and so forth? How do I do that? Well, there's a, a, a pastor, teacher, theologian named John Piper. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He is tremendous, but he is so intelligent that I have to listen to his sermons a couple times over to just catch it all, okay? But he has this, you'd have to listen to him to get the humor in it, but he came up with this acronym. When you hear John preach, I mean, he's just brilliant. You wouldn't think that he'd ever use an acronym, that he would be like above all of that. And you'd think if he did, it would be better than this. But what he came up with here is perfect about how do we run to God, and it's this, aptat, aptat, A-P-T-A-T. Okay, now I'm going to have you do something here. This might be a little embarrassing, but you're in a mask. Nobody knows who you are. I want you to say it out loud, aptat. Okay, Joyce, I didn't hear you, aptat, aptat. Jared, I am so glad you're here because I'll tell you why. When you're not here, your mother, she's a problem. That's all I'm saying. She's a problem. Truth is truth. Ap-tat. One more time, say it, just because it's funny. Ap-tat. But watch how powerful these words are. How do we run to God? First of all, we admit. We admit that we have a problem. Last week, we talked about the dangers of self-sufficiency. When we rely on ourselves to meet our own needs, what ends up happening? We rely on ourselves to meet our own needs, and we can never meet our own needs. Self-sufficiency is the opposite of what God wants us to do. He wants us to be dependent on him. He wants us to rely on him. So we never encounter God's full strength and power and his ability to be our rock and our fortress until we admit, admit we have a problem, until we admit we're facing something that we can't meet in our own strength. And when we admit that, God begins to open other doors. God begins to work in our lives and in our situations. I always, uh, and then the next part is pray, pray. We talk about prayer all the time. We use prayer almost as a cliche. But if I were to ask you, do, you don't have to answer this out loud. Do you spend time in prayer and in God's word each and every day? Some of you will say yes. Some of you will say sometimes. 
Some of you will say not enough, and others will be honest and say no. So we can know about prayer, but you talk about a tool that's unused, like the tools at my house, uh, unused is prayer. And here's what I'm going to recommend to you today. When you're going through a battle, pray out loud to God, okay? Not because he needs to hear you. You can pray in your heart and in your mind, but maybe you're like me. Does your mind ever wander while you're praying? <laughs> Does it ever not wander when you're praying? You know what I've found that when you can speak it out loud, it helps keep you focused. And you don't have to have a million words, but just speak out loud your greatest need. Admit it. Pray. Pray. The next part of it is, and then trust God to keep his promises. I've, I've found 10 promises to memorize. 10 promises to memorize. I'm going to say this, it might be a bit of hyperbole. I don't know that it's even hyperbole. I shouldn't even say that. If you keep in mind and in your heart these 10 promises, they're on the tables, it will change your life. Look at it this way. How can you claim the promises of God if you don't know the promises of God? Okay. Do I have all 10 of these memorized? No, I probably know all of them in one way or another. I look through, I've preached on some of them very recently. Like one of them is, uh, my grace is sufficient. Have you ever heard that sermon before last week? Okay. And so these 10 promises, put them on your fridge, put them in your Bible, memorize them, put them in your phone. Just email me, I'll send you the JPEG of it or the PDF so you can have it right on your phone. This, this sounds like a TV preacher, and I apologize for it, uh, but it's, it's funny. We've all become online preachers now through the pandemic, but uh, God gives you hope at gmail.com. If you email that, we'll email this to you so you can have it wherever you're at. Why? Because how can we trust in the promises of God? How can we claim the promises of God if we don't know the promises of God? But I'm telling you, when you know the promises of God, there's power in the Word. There's power in the word of God. When Jesus was facing temptation after 40 days in the desert, how did he win victory? Through the word of God. If Jesus used and needed the word of God to overcome the enemy, how much more do I need to know the word of God, use the word of God, trust the word of God to overcome the enemy in my life? Take these with you. If there's not enough, we'll make more. If you want them for your phone or whatever else, God gives you hope at gmail.com. We'll email them to you because we want you to have them. They're that important in your life. Trust, and then the A is act. Be obedient. James puts it this way. Don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers of the word. Be obedient first to the known will of God. What does the Bible say? Sometimes we get caught up in the unknown will of God. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, are you doing what you know you're supposed to be doing? Are you doing what the Word of God says, even when it's difficult, even when it's different than what you want to do on your own? Are you doing that? If you're doing the known will of God, I can guarantee you He'll take care of the unknown. He'll be your shepherd. He'll lead you and guide you. How many know that's true? How many have lived long enough to know that God is faithful to His Word when we're obedient to His commands? So act, you have to ask. God will lead you where you don't know. And then the last one is obvious, thank him. 
thank him. Thank God for the help that he gave you. Even in the middle of the battle, thank God for what he's going to do. Even if you haven't seen the answer yet, you know the answer is coming. David, when he was sitting down to write, I don't know that he was thinking it was going to end up being read 4,000 years later. But what did he begin with? He thought of his life. He thought of all he had been through. And he simply said, I love you, Lord. I love you. Here's who you are to me. And he listed seven things. He knew God as perfect protector because he had been through so much. You will get to know God in a new way through this pandemic if you listen to what God wants to accomplish and do in your life. You will get to know him in a new way through all of the changes if you're obedient to God and what he calls you to do. But don't forget to praise him and don't forget to thank him. And I don't think David had a... Had a uh, sermon notes. I just think as he began to think about God, he couldn't help but offer his praise. Brother Nick has said it a lot, and it's still true. We can't make you worship, but when you know God, you can't help but worship. We can't make you sing or lift up your voice or your hands to God, but when you think about how good God has been to you, and I pretty much know most of you very well and have known you long enough that I know God has brought you through some trials, troubles, and tears, that you have something to praise the Lord. When you start thinking about all that he has done, I'm getting chills now thinking about all that God has done for me. I can't help but praise him. It's a natural consequence to the, to the wonder and the magnificence of God. And if you think you can only, uh, I'll just throw this out there because I'm still ornery. I don't want you to think that through the pandemic I've softened because I haven't. If you think that you can't worship because it's a song you don't like, then you have no idea of what worship is all about. I could go across the street in the field there, stand there in the heat, and I could think about what God has done, and I could worship the Lord. Do you get my point? And the other part of it is if you only worship the Lord when you're in church, you don't understand it. Think about the blessings. How many rode here on a horse? A hog, meaning a, a Harley, a Harley. How, how many? Yeah. How many drove here in a car? That, isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a blessing? Y'all, y'all thankfully, y'all, that's from my kids living in Virginia for so long, y'all. Pastor Rose on vacation. She lives in Del Barton. Do you know where that's at? Or Delmont? Is it Delmont? Delmont, Del Barton. Where? I've never been there. I've never been there. But, uh, well, I'll let her go. Poor Pastor Rose. She's away. I forgot what I was saying. Oh, I know. And I'm not going to say it now. Okay, good. So... We all have a lot to be thankful for. Let's, let me just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and it becomes, that's what I was saying. I'm going to start to, we, we talk about landing the plane when you're done. This is my initial descent. Okay, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a starting to land the plane. Uh, when we think about who God is, we admit our own deficiencies and we admit our dependence upon him and we pray to him. Literally, we take a moment in time where we pray. 
God, help me through this and whatever it is that you're facing. And then we trust his promises. We trust in him and we act on what he tells us to do through his word and through the Holy Spirit. Thanksgiving, praise, and worship will just flow naturally from your heart and out of your mouth. Because what else can you do but worship him and praise him when you think that God is our perfect protector and our perfect provider? He's the constant that we need in these times of upheaval. Get those 10 verses, please. Work on memorizing them. I know the older we get, myself included, the harder it is to memorize, but it's not impossible. You can do it. You can do it. The word, thy word have I, what? Put in my heart that I might not. Yeah, yeah. Let me close with this. Beautiful hymn. I'm not going to sing it, but you'll know it. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. Anybody know the next phrase? He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock where rivers of pleasure I see. He hides me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry and thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love. How deep is that? It's, it's immeasurable. And covers me there with his hand. So he hide, hides me from my enemies, protects me from my enemies through all that I'm going through, my heart, my spirit. He hides me in the depths of his love and then he covers me over with his hand. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. He taketh my burden away. He holdeth me up, and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength as my day. Let me add this. I think, and I could be wrong on this. You can Google it and correct me, uh, and you can email me at talktokelly and not pastorsabella at gmail.com to correct me. To correct me. Talk to Kelly and not Pastor Sabella at gmail.com to correct me. But I think this was written by Fanny Crosby, who was blind. And she said something crazy. I'm glad I'm blind because the first face I'll ever see is Jesus. What? Who says that other than a person that knows Jesus? With numberless blessings. Each moment he crowns, and filled with his fullness divine, I sing in my rapture, O glory to God, for such a redeemer as mine. When clothed with his brightness, transported I rise to meet him in the clouds of the sky, his perfect salvation, his wonderful love, I'll shout with the millions on high, he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry and thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and he covers me there with his hand and he covers me there with his hand. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. 
For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.